Hello everyone and welcome to episode 108 of the History Hotline. My name is Deanna Lincook and as always I'll be your host today. Now today's episode is going to be a bit of a mixed bag I'll say. Now as I record this episode I'm not yet sure what the title will be. I think I'm going to figure that out as I go. So I don't know what the title is but you do. Um, And it's going to be something to do with reflections on my time so far spent in Jamaica. And I've been in Jamaica since uh, a while. It's been a while. Maybe about episode 104, 105, I think I got here. Um, So that's like three-ish plus weeks. And a lot of things have happened whilst I've been here. I've been to the National Archives. Um, I've done some archival work for my PhD but realistically any kind of historical research I do also feeds this podcast so there are some things that will come out from my time spent there and some of the archival material that I was able to look through and some of the things that I found out um, maybe not in the next few immediate episodes but definitely a little bit today and then in the kind of future when I kind of think about how the work I'm doing in my PhD will form episodes in a sense, especially when there's already been quite a lot of conversation about the topic of my PhD, which is um, the British colonial education system in the Caribbean amongst a whole lot of other things like race, migration, gender, yeah, and all that good stuff. Now, since I've been here, I believe the country of my birth (laughs) have had a new king (laughs) crowned. I'm going on like I'm oblivious to all of this. Um, But essentially, I guess the point I'm trying to make is the fuss made out here is so minimal that I didn't really remember it. It wasn't really a thing that was marked in my calendar or on my mind. Um, The coronation, that is, the coronation of King Charles III. Um, Now, I have been asked what the vibe is like out here considering Jamaica are very much making moves to becoming a republic and removing the British monarch who is now King Charles um, as the head of state Um, and you know these are conversations that have been happening for a few years now in earnest and people have been kind of saying oh like Deanna you know what's what's happening out there what's the vibe are people celebrating the coronation are they celebrating the king you know is there uproar what is the like tone of the kind of mood of the the nation and I'll be honest I don't really watch the news out here (laughs) so (laughs) a lot of what I'm gonna say is based on conversations I've had with people and just kind of the vibe of the place and on the day of the coronation I think it was a Saturday I was in about three or four different parishes just because I was driving around uh, Jamaica um, getting going from one place to the next going to Kingston for to see the National Archives and to kind of get situated in that area and it kind of felt like a normal day I'll say that you know not that I was expecting Union Jacks or bunting or street parties I wasn't expecting that at all um and I was kind of marked correct in that sense. You know, there was no no acknowledgement of anything that was in, whether that was the capital city, Kingston, or um, towards the coast where I started my day. You know, there was just no acknowledgement of it, really. And 
you know, for the most part, I actually don't think people realised that it was happening. Um, it wasn't something that was crossing people's minds. And rightly so, because at the end of the day, King Charles stepping onto the throne has very little impact on the average person in Jamaica. I mean, it has very little impact on the average person in Britain, if I'm honest, but I think it's definitely the case that even in a Commonwealth country that still has British monarchs at their head of state, there is very little impact um, of having a new monarch. Now, the Prime Minister of Jamaica is a man called Andrew Holness, and he wasn't at the King's coronation. Um, And this was presented in the media in a way of kind of very much linking it to the conversation about Jamaica becoming a republic. It was uh, Prime Minister Andrew Holness will not be at King's coronation amidst the time where Jamaica is stepping away and removing the monarchy um, as a head of state. And these two things, I don't believe, are actually explicitly linked. I don't believe that um, Andrew Holness did not go to the coronation himself, sending a representative instead, uh, Sir Patrick Allen. Um, I believe that he didn't go for whatever other reason um, and the media have kind of linked the two together. Now, I did wonder, and this was before I knew that he wasn't going to be there because, as I said, I don't watch the news, so I didn't know. Um, I kind of wondered if he would be there amidst the fact that conversations were literally happening um, about Jamaica becoming a republic, um, and I thought it would be quite... I didn't think it would be strange if he was there, but I thought it could be perceived very interestingly, should I say that, for want of pinning myself down to an opinion on it. Um, Especially because a few days before, um, the legal and constitutional affairs minister, Marlene uh, Malouforte, she had an interview where they were kind of having a conversation about the progress so far. Uh, on Jamaica becoming a republic and she said and I quote once we have established the monarchy from the makeup of our form of government it will be replaced by the office of the president of the republic of Jamaica the president of the republic of Jamaica is to be a separate office from the head of government of Jamaica and this was during a press conference um, at Jamaica House and that was reported in the Jamaica Gleaner on the 3rd of May For a lot of people, Jamaica is giving contradictory vibes when it comes to this idea of how they feel about the monarchy. Um, However, I think, I personally think that what they've set out to do has been very clear. And whilst they have done other things that might confuse people, um, I'd still say that the path to them becoming a republic has been clearly stated. I believe it was when um, William and Kate visited the Caribbean. I believe they went to Jamaica um, in 2021. Um, and at that point, um, Andrew Holness made it clear that they intended to remove the British monarch as the country said of state. It was in a meeting that looked very awkward. I would have paid maybe a limb to be a fly on the wall in that room and just cut the tension with a knife. Um, Yeah, that would have been great. Um, But it was then in March that Andrew Holness um, named the members of a constitutional reform committee that was set to discuss the changes necessary um, to kind of make that transition um, of Jamaica being uh, a republic. 
Then fast forward to September and the Queen, who was the monarch at the time, Queen Elizabeth II, passes away. Um, and Jamaica declares a 12-day period of mourning. Um, and it's an article that I was reading um, in The Guardian by Barbara Blake Hanna called Charles is my king, but the monarchy may soon be on its way out of Jamaica. Um, and that was published the 4th of May of this year. Um, and it kind of references this 12-day mourning period, which was longer than the official day of day of period of mourning within um, the UK. I believe it was 10 days. Um, and so they've kind of, you know, gone overboard and picked 12 days. And I quote, um, which is what's in this article, the question, why had Jamaica declared a 12-day period of mourning for someone who was such a reminder of British exploitation of African ancestors, which was one of the reasons they cited in the decision to become a republic, you know, the kind of colonial overhang, the legacy of it all um, being a reason for them wanting to part ways. And this kind of juxtaposition, this contradiction of them then, you know, spending so long mourning a monarch officially um, that whilst may not have been alive when all that happened, is the representation and the face of of a system and of an institution that has caused unimaginable pain, destruction, anguish to so many countries around the world, including Jamaica. And then we kind of fast forward to today in the present where there's a new king being crowned and Jamaica are making headway with their uh, transition into uh, becoming a republic and things seem to be moving at a pace. Um, and this is a kind of contradictory tone, I guess, that, that people reference when they think about um, Jamaica being a republic. And I kind of wanted to bring in some opinions at this point. And unfortunately, I didn't walk around with a microphone in Jamaica and I was having these conversations with people. Um, and I hope they don't mind me kind of expressing what they told me and things I've heard um, that have been recorded for different newspapers and interviews done on TV and things like that. Um, I'm not going to be mentioning any names, but there definitely has been, I'd say, a kind of divide within how people feel about Jamaica becoming a republic. It's not everybody here saying great news is going to be fantastic. There is a lot of apprehension, there is a lot of trepidation. It's kind of like the vibe for some is that, you know, this sounds like a good thing, this symbolically definitely feels like a step in the right direction, um, moving away from Britain at a time where, you know, they don't feel like King Charles serves them as a monarch, and especially following the death of Queen Elizabeth II. I think there was a different kind of relationship and a different understanding and a different level of reverence or respect, shall we say, for Queen Elizabeth II as opposed to King Charles III um, within Jamaica anyway. And so there is um, this this kind of feeling amongst people that they could have tolerated Queen Elizabeth II, but maybe not so much Charles. Um, and this kind of leads to this idea of, well, now that Queen Elizabeth is no longer the monarch, now we should take these steps, now it feels right. There's also conversations about the way they feel the royal family has handled uh, racism, uh, accusations of racism, um, and, you know, the kind of lack of apology or lack of recognition of the issue within the royal family and the institution um, when it comes to issues flagged by Meghan and Harry that have kind of gone unanswered um kind of in some ways uh by the royal family 
Um, and in other ways, they've answered very loudly <laughs> by saying very little. Um, and so there is an element of that as well. And this kind of idea of, well, if you couldn't, you know, treat Megan respectfully and the belief there is that it was racism that caused um, a lot of the poor treatment of Megan um, and consequently Harry. How then can you treat this country that is made up of majority black people? Um, and what are your real views on black people? And, and are you still an institution that upholds uh, racist ideologies and values that would allow you to kind of basically not be appropriate to be leaders um, or head of state in a country like Jamaica and other Caribbean countries and countries around the world. And there is also the kind of consensus that, you know, having to, in theory, um, report to Britain on constitutional affairs um, and issues regarding the constitution seems very outdated for a country that has been independent for so long um, and in no other way relies on Britain, um, essentially. So why constitutionally should it be going to Britain um, for legal um, and kind of matters of the courts and, and things of that nature and, and parliamentary matters. So there is an element that, you know, the system as it stands is just very outdated. Britain has no relevance in Jamaican politics uh, and there's no reason why, um, you know, the king should be head of state uh, and th that system that is in place right now should continue being in place uh, in the future. And then there's the flip side of this argument, which I was a little bit more shocked to hear, but not completely because I thought that when the announcement came that Jamaica were going to cut ties with Britain, I thought that meant that literally by tomorrow there'd be an independent nation free from the British monarch. But that wasn't the case. And I feel like in theory, this is not actually taking that long, but it feels like it is because it was announced so long ago. Um, and so I figured that there must be people that are maybe within the political parties, maybe within power um, in this country that are kind of dragging their feet and making this process drag. Um, and whilst I don't know if that's actually true, um, I'm not in those conversations, I do believe um, and have spoken to people within the country that feel like this kind of sense of better the devil you know. You know, the system right now isn't terrible. It isn't, issues in Jamaica aren't caused by having the king as a head of, of state and, and having, um, you know, the overhang of colonial Britain in it. Um, some people are fine with that setup and don't feel like rocking the boat will be a good idea. This idea of better the devil, you know, you know, going to this, the new system where there will be an elective head of state that will be, I believe, um, he won't be, he or she, um, won't be of any political persuasion regarding like Labour or PMP, um, which are the two main parties in Jamaica. Um, they will be independent and they'll be head of state and they'll have to obviously create their own constitution and things of that nature. Um, that idea is scary for some people because we don't know what that will look like yet. It's a leap of faith um, for a lot of people. Um, and whilst, you know, they have some confidence in their politicians, there's also, in some elements and in some politicians, not a lot of confidence at all. And not a lot of confidence that a new system will necessarily be any better or even any different than the system that's in place now. 
Um, and that's definitely a concern I've heard a lot of here. For the most part, whether people like it or not, um, Jamaica seemed to be making the steps and the moves to become a republic. Uh, as I said, in March, uh, Andrew Holness unveiled a 14-member constitutional reform committee um, that will guide the country through the transitions. Um, and, you know, they can only kind of have faith in in the politicians that they've elected to carry this out um, and create a better and a brighter Jamaica. Um, and as time goes on, I guess we will see that. And I'll be here documenting it all because this story, I think with Barbados, it felt very quick because I heard about it and then it was happening. Even though, you know, as we know from the episode, if you want to listen back to that, there was one um, on Barbados becoming a republic. And I went back through the history of that and there was quite a long history, you know, of, of referendums, of conversations. Um, and it's very clear that these things don't just happen overnight. Um, these islands, Barbados and Jamaica, are not the only ones. We know Trinidad already became a republic. But there are other Caribbean islands and countries that are also thinking about kind of making the same move. And one of those islands is St. Kitts and Nevis, um, who have also expressed a wish to become a truly independent country. And I quote, um, Antigua and Barbuda, the prime minister there, Gaston Brown, um, has said that they will also be making a move to become a republic within three years uh, following the death of Queen Elizabeth II. So again, um, their move kind of linking directly to this idea of a new monarch, maybe specifically Charles, maybe just the fact that it's not Queen Elizabeth anymore. Um, The Bahamas also had a referendum on the subject um, put on the agenda by the Prime Minister, Uh, which is also an important development. And Grenada very recently um, have begun consultations uh, about removing um, the British monarch as a head of state uh, and becoming a republic. Um, And these were all referenced in an article in The Voice um, by Sinai Fleury. And, And again, that was kind of referenced under this idea of Jamaica's Prime Minister Andrew Holness not attending the king's coronation and how that kind of links to ideas about them becoming a republic. Uh, And the title of the article is Jamaica's Prime Minister to Miss King's Coronation, published on the 6th of May, if you are interested in reading more. At this stage, there's not really much more to say about the kind of Jamaica referendum conversation and Jamaica becoming a republic, because this is a process that's going to take a lot of time. uh, And, you know, they're moving at a pace which they're clearly comfortable with. Um, And it's not something that can literally be rushed through into law because it's literally changing the whole constitution and the kind of way that the country will be will and can be governed uh, in the future. And, you know, they're trying to build a better Jamaica for future generations. um, And that's not something that can be done overnight. So I'm going to give them more grace and stop expecting these things to happen in seconds. Um, And, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of continue to watch this landscape of Caribbean islands especially, who have a similar and shared history uh, in regards to colonisation, and and see if they all make similar moves, all the countries listed uh, towards the end of the podcast, whether they actually take those steps and move forward to do a similar thing that Barbados did, kind of, in most recent times, first, followed by, hopefully, Jamaica very soon. 
that is all I have time for on today's episode but I really do hope you've enjoyed it my random thoughts musings um and kind of commentary on the topic uh, and I hope you'll join me next week thank you so much for listening have a wonderful week goodbye Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the History Hotline. To continue the conversation, follow us on social media at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter. The History Hotline is hosted by Deanna Lincook. Research is done by Zakia Rias.